Western governments frequently claim that their policies are motivated out of concern for human rights and democracy. And in fact, Western governments constantly criticize their adversaries and accuse them of not respecting human rights and democracy. However, on the international stage, when we look at the political decisions made by Western governments, we can frequently see that they are acting against human rights and democracy and going against the will of the vast majority of the international community. Nowhere is this clearer than in UN votes. At the United Nations General Assembly, the Western powers frequently vote as a bloc, and very frequently, they vote against basically all other countries on Earth. Today, I'm going to look at several votes that took place this November, in which the Western countries led by the United States voted against democracy, they voted against human rights, they voted against cultural diversity and equality, and they voted in support of mercenaries, using mercenaries in armed conflicts, and they also voted in support of unilateral coercive measures, sanctions, economic warfare, which violate international law. All of these votes took place on one day on the 7th of November in a meeting of the UN General Assembly's third committee, which involves social, humanitarian, and cultural issues. Now for this report today, I'm going to be looking at a series of maps and graphics of the votes. If you want to get access to those, you should check out the article that I link to in the description below over at our website, geopoliticaleconomy.com. It has all of the sources and links. Now, the first vote that I'm going to look at involves a resolution on sanctions, which are officially known, according to international law, as unilateral coercive measures. And the map that I made illustrates how, quite literally, it, the vote was the West against the rest of the world. It was 128 countries in support of the resolution condemning sanctions and 54 countries against the resolution with zero abstentions. In basically all of these votes, you're going to see a pattern, which is that the Western powers vote together as a bloc, and that bloc is led by the United States. It also consists of Europe, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, and also South Korea and Japan. Now, note how in this way, when I say West with a capital W, it is not simply a geographic position because obviously South Korea and Japan are not in the West and Australia is not technically in the West geographically, but this is what has been referred to as the collective West. It is a political construct, not a geographic one. On the other hand, in this General Assembly session, we could see that most of the world was voting together as part of the non-aligned movement. This has its origins during the first Cold War in the 1950s and 60s, consisting largely of formerly colonized nations, which, after getting independence from Western colonialism, refused to simply pick a side in the Cold War and wanted to implement their own sovereign policies based on their own political and economic interests. And today, the non-aligned movement has expanded and more than 120 countries are either members or observers. And if you look at the map of the non-aligned movement, and if you look at the map of these votes in the UN, we can see that this is really the collective West against the rest of the world. 
in its official minutes on the UN website explaining what happened in this General Assembly session, it noted that the resolution was titled Human Rights and Unilateral Coercive Measures and that Cuba spoke on behalf of the non-aligned movement, which said that sanctions violate human rights and also violate the UN Charter and international law. And the resolution itself condemned unilateral application enforcement by certain powers of unilateral coercive measures. When they say certain powers, of course, they're referring largely to the United States, but also to some European countries. And the resolution notes that by applying these sanctions, these Western powers hope to apply political and economic pressure against developing countries to prevent them from deciding their own political, economic, and social systems. So, for instance, the U.S. embargo against Cuba, which is over 60 years old, and every single year at the United Nations, virtually every single country on earth votes to condemn the illegal U.S. blockade. Only Israel supports it. And yet the U.S. continues to try to overthrow Cuba's independent, sovereign, socialist system or the illegal U.S. sanctions against Venezuela or Nicaragua or many other countries. In fact, today, more than one quarter of the global population lives in countries that have been unilaterally sanctioned by the West. This draft resolution that was approved in the committee meeting of the General Assembly urges the UN Human Rights Council to consider the negative impact of sanctions and calls on the High Commissioner for Human Rights to also give priority to discussing how sanctions hurt countries around the world. And another point that's important to highlight is that the resolution condemned the inclusion of UN member states in unilateral lists under false pretexts, including false allegations of sponsoring terrorism. And this is in particular referencing the US government's ridiculous inclusion of Cuba on lists of so-called state sponsors of terrorism, which is obviously ridiculous, but it makes more sense when you realize that the US government also had South Africa's anti-apartheid leader, Nelson Mandela, on its so-called terrorist list until 2008, a decade after he led South Africa's post-apartheid regime. So this US list is completely bogus. It's entirely politically motivated. And that's why so many countries representing the, the vast majority of the world population have consistently voted again and again and again and again and again every single year at the UN General Assembly to condemn the illegal US sanctions and blockade against Cuba and its inclusion on these ridiculous lists. Now, another example of clear Western hypocrisy was a vote on the same day in the UN General Assembly Third Committee on a resolution titled Promotion of a Democratic and Equitable International Order. I'll go into further details in a moment, but you can see once again that it was basically the West versus the rest of the world. In this case, you can see that there were a few countries, just seven, that abstained especially the right-wing governments in Latin America, like in Peru, which has an unelected coup regime, and also in Uruguay and Chile and Costa Rica. But still, regardless of the few abstentions, the vote was still overwhelmingly in support, 123 countries in support against just 54. Now, resolutions like this are quite common in the UN General Assembly, and the language is similar to the famous call for the new international economic order, which goes back to the 1960s and 70s, in which the formerly colonized countries called for 
creating new international economic and financial institutions and reforming existing ones to help provide more of a fair playing field so the rich colonizing countries can't simply get richer and richer while poor countries get poorer and poorer. Well, in this resolution, it the UN minutes from the General Assembly Committee meeting note that it obviously calls for a more democratic and equitable world order. And the current world order demonstrates the privileges of rich countries and excludes the developing world. And the resolution calls on all UN member states to fulfill their commitments expressed during the World Conference Against Racism, Racial Discrimination, Xenophobia, and Related Intolerance, and calls on member states to continue supporting international cooperation and multilateral efforts under the UN system's leadership, especially given the pandemic and the economic and financial hardship on especially poor and developing countries. So here we see a clear example of the Western so-called democracies, which got rich through colonialism and slavery and exploitation and war. They are preventing attempts by the majority of the world population in the global South, the global majority. The West is trying to prevent the global majority from making the world economic system more fair and democratic and equitable so they can maintain their privileges. In the same vein, we saw a similar vote in this UN General Assembly Committee meeting in which, once again, the West voted against the rest of the world on a draft resolution that called for a, quote, equitable geographical distribution in the membership of the human rights treaty bodies. In this case, the vote was 128 in support with 52 votes against and zero abstentions. This resolution is very self-explanatory that the existing international human rights bodies are completely dominated by the Western powers. And speaking on behalf of the non-aligned movement, on the major speaking on behalf of the world majority, Cuba said that there is a current membership imbalance and the committee approved the resolution, which called for strong consideration to be given to equitable geographical distribu distribution of membership and to representation of different forms of civilization and of the principal legal systems. In basically every single case, the U.S. government spoke out against these resolutions. The U.S. representative was just constantly criticizing the resolutions. And in this case, the U.S. opposed the call for giving a quota system for different regions of the world. This is a clear example of Washington trying to prevent international bodies from being truly multilateral and truly democratic. The U.S. and Western powers want to continue dominating and controlling these bodies, like, for instance, the U.N. Security Council. It is not a coincidence that the modern United Nations system was created after World War II to be dominated by the Western powers, and all of the power is concentrated in the UN Security Council, and there are only five countries that have veto power because they have permanent seats on the Security Council, which include the US, the UK, France, and also China and Russia. But China and Russia consistently vote with the rest of the world, whereas the US, France, and the UK vote against the rest of the world and they abuse their veto power. In particular, the US abuses its veto power to prevent international law from being exercised to shield, for instance, countries like Israel from consequences for the war crimes and ethnic cleansing that it has carried out against the occupied Palestinian people. 
And then there are other institutions, for instance, like the World Bank and the International Monetary Fund, the IMF. The U.S. is the only country with veto power. And even if you look at the personnel that run many of these organizations like the U.N., the personnel are very disproportionately from Western countries. And the Western powers are trying to prevent the democratization of these institutions by voting against these kinds of resolutions that call for a more equitable geographical representation from the global south. In fact, even in this meeting of the General Assembly's third committee on November 7th, the chair of the committee is Austria's representative to the United Nations, Alexander Marschik. So he's a Western diplomat and his country, Austria, voted along with the U.S. against many of these resolutions. But even he could not help but laugh at how the U.S. was constantly speaking out to condemn every single resolution that came up. Entitled Human Rights and Unilateral Coercive Measures. Does any delegation wish to make a general statement in connection with draft resolution L45 or an explanation of vote before the vote? First, I gave the floor to the United States. <laughs> Mr. Chair, this resolution does not advance respect for or protection of human rights. He and other representatives, they were just laughing because the U.S. constantly stands up against the entire world. It is a thorn in the side of the entire international community and the U.S is bullying every country on earth to go along with it because Washington is trying to prevent the world from actually being democratic, from actually respecting human rights and equality, because the goal of the U.S. government is to maintain the extreme wealth and privileges of the oligarchs that run Western governments and to prevent countries in the global South from having their own share of the wealth. They want to maintain this global inequality precisely because the imperialist West's extreme wealth is predicated fundamentally on the super exploitation of the, the global South, of workers in the global South, on the extraction of their natural resources, on exploitation of cheap, low compensated labor. And if the system internationally more, were more equitable, then these Western multinational corporations would lose many of their super profits and the billionaire oligarchs who run these Western governments would no longer have such extreme wealth that gives these Western countries power over the rest of the world. I gave the floor to the United States. <laughs> Mr. Chair. There you can clearly see in that clip that this is all a charade. The idea that Western governments respect international law and human rights and democracy, it's all a complete farce. That's why they're all laughing uncomfortably, including even some Western representatives, because there's this cognitive dissonance. They can clearly see the reality that the West is up against the rest of the world. In another very revealing vote, the General Assembly Third Committee debated a draft resolution titled Human Rights and Cultural Diversity. And once again, it was the West versus the rest of the world. In this case, the vote was 130 countries in support and 54 countries against with zero abstentions. 
And the UN noted in its minutes of the meeting that this resolution expresses concern over the adverse impacts of lack of respect for and recognition of cultural diversity on human rights, justice, friendship, and the fundamental right to development. And it emphasized that dialogue among religions, cultures, and civilizations should be enhanced and that states should oppose all attempts at uniculturalism and promote dialogue among civilizations, a culture of peace, tolerance, and interfaith dialogue. There is another measure in here, and I think this is why so many Western countries opposed it. The resolution also calls on states to embark on intercultural initiatives to promote human rights ensure their political and legal systems reflect multicultural diversity within their societies and promote respect for cultural diversity to advance the objectives of peace, development, and universally accepted human rights. Now, the fact that all of the Western powers together voted against this resolution gives lie to the ridiculous propaganda in which Western so-called democracies claim to support cultural diversity and multiculturalism, especially the liberal forces, the social democratic parties, the Democrats in the US, the Labour Party in the UK, the SPD in Germany, and similar parties across the region. They claim to support these policies, but then when it actually comes to votes in the international stage, they always vote against the rest of the world because it's simply rhetorical. They actually don't care about democracy. They don't care about human rights. All they want to do is to maintain their extreme wealth and privileges. And they, again, I am repeating myself, but, but these votes show that they want to prevent the world political and economic system from actually being equitable because that's how the Western colonial powers got their extreme wealth through inequality, through subordination and exploitation. And if the world were more equal, they would lose their extreme wealth. Now, finally, there was another vote in this UN committee session, and this was on a resolution that condemned the use of mercenaries and how mercenaries violate human rights. And yet again, I know it's getting very boring here. We can see it was the West against the rest of the world. The vote was 126 countries in support with 52 countries against and six abstentions. And this time Switzerland broke with the rest of Europe and abstained, but otherwise it was the unified Western bloc. Now the minutes of this meeting on the UN website are actually kind of funny because when discussing this resolution that was titled use of mercenaries as a means of violating human rights and impeding the exercise of the right of peoples to self-determination. It notes that the United States spoke out against the resolution and Washington emphasized, quote, the proper role that private military and security companies can play. So the U.S. government was supporting the use of mercenaries. And especially when you look at Washington's wars around the world, like in Iraq, the U.S. has really privatized huge parts of its wars and uses so-called PMCs, private military companies, who are mercenaries. That's a, that's a euphemistic way of describing mercenaries. Now, the resolution says that, and this again, was uh, this, resolu this draft resolution was passed in the committee meeting. 
The resolution calls on the General Assembly to express deep concern at the continuation of acts or threats of foreign military intervention and occupation that are threatening to suppress or have already suppressed the right to self-determination of peoples. It would sound alarm over the danger that activities of mercenaries constitute to peace and security in developing countries, particularly in areas of armed conflict. The Assembly also urges states to take legislative measures to ensure their territories are not used for and their nationals do not take part in the recruitment, financing, training, or transit of mercenaries for the planning of activities designed to impede the right of peoples to self-determination, to destabilize or overthrow the government of any state, or to impair the territorial integrity or political unity of independent states. Now, these are all things that the U.S. does regularly, trying to violently overthrow foreign governments, not only in Iraq and Libya and Syria and Yemen, but also, for instance, in Venezuela, where in 2020, in May, there was a violent coup attempt but led by former U.S. Army officers, Green Berets, and mercenaries, Colombian mercenaries and Venezuelan mercenaries who were trained with the support of the United States in Colombia and sent across to invade Venezuela. Brazil, under the far-right leader Jair Bolsonaro, also did a failed terror invasion of Venezuela that was supported by the U.S. government. These are clear examples of the U.S. violating international law and carrying out these kinds of attacks. So now we can see why the U.S. and its Western allies or flunkies would consistently vote against these kinds of resolutions. Now, the draft resolution also called for the General Assembly to request member states to exercise the utmost vigilance against any kind of recruitment, training, hiring, or financing of mercenaries by private companies and impose a ban on such companies intervening in armed conflicts or actions to destabilize constitutional governments. This is the reality of the Western so-called democracies. They actually do not support democracy. They don't support human rights. They don't support cultural diversity and equality and multiculturalism. They don't support making the world political and economic architecture more equitable and more democratic. They don't support geographical representation for the global South. They do support mercenaries, private military corporations. They do support intervening in foreign countries' sovereign affairs. They support military interventions and wars and occupations and coups and regime change plots. They support sanctions, unilateral coercive measures, economic warfare, trying to crush independent foreign countries in order to overthrow their sovereign political systems. This is neocolonialism. This is imperialism. This is the reality of the world, and you should stop being naive and pretending like the conflict in the world is between so-called Western democracies and in Global South so-called autocracies. That's the language that U.S. President Joe Biden uses. In the battle between democracy and autocracies, democracies are rising to the moment, and the world is clearly choosing the side of peace and security. This is the real test. That's the language that other Western officials use, but it is a neo-colonial discourse. It is completely false, and it is all trying to disguise the blatant reality that everyone in the world can see that this is an imperialist system based on the super exploitation of the global south, of workers in the global south, of the theft of their natural resources, 
to trying to prevent them from developing their economies, to prevent them from industrializing, to make them dependent, to forcibly make them dependent and reliant on the rich, imperialist, industrialized countries of the global north and the west. And at the UN, you can see that all of the, the, the myths, the rhetorical flourishes about caring about democracy and human rights, it all goes out the window. And those maps of the UN votes show the reality of the world. On that note, I'm going to conclude here. I'm Ben Norton. This is Geopolitical Economy Report. Please subscribe to our channel. If you're watching on YouTube, please like the video. And if you prefer listening to these episodes as a podcast, check out the Geopolitical Economy Report podcast. Every video is also available as a podcast. And finally, in the description below, you can find the article that I published that links to all of the sources that I mentioned today and also has all of the graphics and maps that I made. Thank you for joining me. I'll see you next time.